my brain is literally like I like yeah <laughs> I need some energy <laughs> okay so here's some jumping jacks so five second countdown I need some music We're yeah done. we we uh, we jam out before all of our like meetings and challenges and all that kind of stuff like literally yeah. we like make ourselves That's get amazing. up <laughs> yeah. Yeah. let's yeah. do it usually okay. inappropriate music but <laughs> we like inappropriate so, eight, ten. <laughs> oh, I feel like we should be making a we were like, okay, we gotta like shake it up. Take your brain flow. Great energy. Having a dance party. <laughs> Woo! Uh, that's such a great idea. I feel better. My heart is going. Better? Okay. Much better. All right. Okay. Perfect. That is amazing. <laughs> what a good idea. What? Woo. We need to do that. Yeah, seriously. Hi, and welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman. And I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health. And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. Yeah, so sometimes what we do on the podcast to get each other going is to ask each other sort of inappropriate questions. The one question that we do tend to ask sometimes is like, what lately is making your balloon knot tight? What is making you clench your asshole lately? <laughs> My children. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are usually yes. up there. Okay, so welcome to the podcast. Tell us both about yourselves. Uh, so your names, where you guys work, and a little bit about you guys. Um, I'm Amanda Fisher. I'm Morgan Clark. And we are Empower Your Pelvis in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, business has been around since 2017. Uh, about that time I started the business, I was working, um, it, it was an in-home business at the time, concierge type practice, but I was working as a PT at a local hospital where Morgan was my student. Oh, so cool. that's how we connected way back way. Um, and then it became a standing loan practice. We needed help. Morgan was graduated and she actually graduated right after that clinical. She passed. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, she joined the team. And then now we'll have five public floor physical therapists here at our wow. location starting August. Yeah. Wow. So lots, lots of public floors, lots of vaginal and rectal exams happening on the daily. So nice. it's wonderful. That's, yeah, that's awesome. That's, yeah. So tell us a little bit about you, Morgan. Yeah. So I'm, I'm originally from where our practice is. So it's just a suburb South of the Kansas city area. And to her point, I was her student. And then it wasn't something I really, it wasn't truly on my radar that I wanted to be a pelvic PT, but she made it that way. <laughs> I learned so much and I loved it. And I was like, this is something that, you know, I really feel like is not available for all people. And I want to, you know, change that in Kansas city. So then I worked for another practice for a couple of years, like two and a half. And then Amanda and I, we always kept in touch and we would grab coffee to chat or beer. Yeah. Um, yeah and <laughs> yes. just to see, you know, where, where our lives were at and it just, it was good timing. And so I joined her in, 
the end of 2019. And so, yeah, we've rode the COVID wave together and it's gone really well, to be honest, when you think about all of it. I mean, it was stressful, but good, but good. Learned a lot. But yeah, so I currently live here. I'm married. Um, no kiddos, just a um, dog kiddo. Cool. How far are you from Leavenworth, Fort Leavenworth? Almost an hour. I would say like 50 minutes. Do you get any clients from there? Yes. We get from Leavenworth and also, um, Whiteman air force base. Yeah. Which is out like outside Warrensburg. Yeah. We get, yeah. We spent a year at Leavenworth. We moved back last summer, but I'm like, I'm like regretting that I didn't run into you while we were out there. Yeah. So, so after this next two years, we may end up at Leavenworth for a year, but I don't know. (laughs) So I might be in your neck of the woods when when that happens. We've been, we're military families, but generally what our husbands do, we stay fairly local to Fort Fort Bragg, where we're at now. But right now we're in the season of some transition. So that would be, that would be awesome to. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. So both Addie and I have only had vaginal births. And so we know that something that you, Manda, are really passionate about is talking about C-sections and your C-section recovery program. And so we would just love to hear about, yeah, your experience with C-section and some of your maybe tips for recovery or what to expect. Dive into to some of that. We, we get a lot of the C-section clientele out here. It's about 30, 33% roughly of what our patient caseload is with C-sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them kind of just get the, like, you don't need physical therapy because you didn't birth vaginally. And I would say that's probably the idea behind it, which is really kind of sad. Which sucks. Having had, <laughs> yeah, having had three myself, um, that was kind of what I was given to. And it's not that it's my physician's fault. It's just the, you know, the, the nature culture. of the game right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, you know, here are your recommendations, avoid stairs, avoid driving, come back in, let's check your incision. Oh, incision looks great. Okay. There wasn't a good um, protocol for cesarean moms, nor for, I think prepping women that they may end up with a cesarean delivery. So that is something near and dear to my heart. So we've really have been revamping everything since COVID and really looking at people in the prehab department during pregnancy, not only preparing them for pregnancy, but like, okay, let's think about how you might actually birth. We know what our plan is, but we also know that's not what's going to happen. Like things yeah. shift in. Well, then you the have time. a one, you have a, essentially a one in three chance of, of having a cesarean birth in, and it's similar yes. numbers, similar numbers here as well. Yes. And yeah. we like to really prep them on like, okay, so if you had a cesarean, what would you want that to look like? Like mm-hmm. really giving them the visual. Cause they get super nervous and anxious on like, well, I just, I don't know what I'm going to expect or how I'm going to make this happen. I'm like, well, what do you want? Like if the ultimate goal is, you know, still skin to skin, they can make that happen. Just be very vocal. So really prepping them on, you know, getting the nerves down. Cause I think we've seen a lot of trauma attached to the cesarean scar into that childbirthing experience when we're not quite prepared or feel like things have shifted in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Um, and giving them all those options ahead of time. So we can keep that a little bit lower and help with that anxiety and then giving them the tools during pregnancy. Like whether you, if you deliver vaginally or cesarean, this is what we really want you guys to focus on. And then we like to really connect with our moms. Like I always say, like, you don't have to do it the first couple hours after you give them birth, but like in the first couple of days, while you guys are just kind of chilling at the hospital, shoot us a picture, shoot us a little video, let us know how you're doing. Um, so we can start to give you tips and tricks while you're at the hospital, but yeah, for us, 
I feel like we've done such a good job prepping them ahead of time for even a vaginal or a cesarean um, that they just feel a lot more comfort and at ease, even with the first bowel movement, um, that sit to stand out of that, the hospital bed. And then thinking about, okay, that hospital bed's going to move like this for you with the C-section. When you get home, you're back to a flat bed. We got to know how to get out of that bed correctly mm-hmm. and how do you keep our, we've kept our arms strong during pregnancy so that that can come beneficial for that too. Um, mm-hmm. how to connect the dots, the no protocol, for a cesarean mom to me is like giving somebody after an ACL surgery, no protocol on how to connect the dots there. It pisses me off. Totally. That is like, yes. So where I worked in Canada before I moved down here, did a ton of world traveler. Yeah. Did a, did a, does tons of research on ACL rehab and and then tons of research on like, we were big on like non-operative Achilles rupture. And so these protocols, we would like have research on each week, like we would be studying people each week. And so we should know where should people should be at at every single, essentially every day for a year. Wow. And, and this is like intense. And the fact that, yeah, you can now arguably the most important set of muscles we have is our uh-huh. abdominal muscles because they are central to our entire body. And there's nothing. Yeah, it's just mind blowing. I've never had a C-section, but what really, really irks me is this uh, simple thing, like giving a handout or instruction on scar mobs when it's time. Yeah. Like it's so easy. Why can't that be standard in hospitals? Just be like, just plant the seed like, oh, and you know, a month or so you're going to want to start paying attention to that scar. um, So you can feel your abs in a year, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And that's something I think when, when you were our student too, like we were at at the hospital we were at, we had really pushed, they didn't want every postpartum person to see physical therapy after delivery, Mm -hmm. but we got them to agree on cesarean births, grade three and grade four tears so that we could start implementing that information ahead of time. Um, but then of course, like we're not there anymore, um, from what it sounds like it kind of fizzled out, but Mm. that definitely needs to be there. Like it is with our other joints, but it needs to be in my my opinion, you can agree or disagree, Mm -hmm. but it needs to be coming from a pelvic floor PT's mindset because they know how those muscles are working. They know what to look for. Are we bearing down maybe a little bit too much through the pelvic floor when we are moving? How can we support that tissue better after a major abdominal surgery or again, um, vaginal birth? when we're getting them in and out of the bed and walking down the hall, because Mm -hmm. even though I've had three, I've also had three different, completely different C-sections. And I also had a completely different mindset, which we all do like the competitive mindset hit me hard with my second and my third, where I was just like, I'm going to go walk these halls as much as I want. Cause I'm going to feel great. And then you'd pay for it later. Like I knew that I'm a pelvic floor PT, mm-hmm. but when I'm in this situation, I'm like, no, I am a strong ass, fierce female. I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to make it to the NICU to see my baby. But in reality, I wish like a pelvic floor PT had been like, sweetheart, Hold on. sit down. I'm going <laughs> to wheel your ass down there. So you yeah. don't end up making things worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just don't have that right now. I guess that's where like the, the cesarean programs are so such a passion of mine, um, to want to make that change because it's not available. And I really do think like your transversus and that pelvic floor, they need to be like quad sets the way they are to ACL yeah. from the get go. Because and we don't, we wait six weeks. It's bullshit. It needs to be happening so much sooner because it does with our ACL people. It's like, oh, we got to get them in, you know, so many days after post-op yeah, so or that that quad so many hours. Yeah. 
you start moving it, but moms are just expected to stand up and walk. We don't teach them how to do it correctly again. What was the hospital's resistance to every mom being seen? Like what was their rationale or their It's not the money maker. Dollar dollar bills. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Always about the money. Hips, shoulders, knees. Why didn't I assume that? uh, PT showing up like a lot and you know, only certain moms is not enough money for them to to fund it, which is why we have put our heart behind like, okay, this is what we're focusing on with our company right now Mm -hmm. is we're going hard on that prehab and postpartum period because every person who delivers a baby deserves that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've really seen like a big shift in our clientele in the last year too, with um, more patients coming in during their pregnancies and seeing, you know, you know, and women talk. So they're like, my bestie was here. I'm coming in. Right. And then they realize like, I would have never come in here when I was pregnant, but she said it helped her low back pain or I thought I was going to always have this. And I feel like that's going to be one of the biggest shifts we see in people over the next, you know, three to five years is to see all those women who came in during their pregnancy and how that really, because we, we know as PTs, that's going to affect their postpartum recovery, but it's not out in the community yet for them to see the changes. And once people do everybody will be going to see a pelvic PT during their pregnancy. Yeah. And that is the shift that really needs to happen. We love what you guys do on social media because now we're just, yeah. we're, we're bypassing. We don't, we're not going to wait for OBs to start recommending this. We're not going to wait for anybody to start telling women from the other end that they need this help. We're going to start. Telling, it's like this grassroots movement of no, no, like this is the information. This is what you deserve. This is how yeah. you can ask for it. And that's, that's amazing. That's absolutely, that's, that's awesome. And yeah. so I think the more and more women start to know what that they deserve and the support that they deserve, the more the doctors will hear about it, the more the midwives will hear about it. And the more that that will be start to become the gold standard recommendation, but it's not going to come from the top down to us. We've got to, yeah, we've got to. I really that. struggled with that actually. And Amanda was the one, cause I was, you know, right out of school you're taught, like you have to have a referral. You have to go make best friends with the doctors. You need to go do these things. And so that was jammed in my head. So then when we started working together, she's like, start posting stuff, start. And I was like, I mean, like, that's a out. waste of time. We're not going to get patients from that. Blah, blah, blah. Community. And cause I was like, we got to go see the doctors. We got to go to, which is still beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a yeah. part of it, but it has been, I've learned so much from her pushing that, but we're not taught that as PTs. That's something that's not in our comfort zone. And then it's hard to relay it to the lay person. And when we come out of school, it's just like this cookie cutter protocol that we think is supposed to work, but it's like, it's not working. Yeah. I'm always so hurt when the patients are like, well, my doctor didn't tell me. And I kind of feel like it's not really like, yes, they see them, but I don't feel it's really their fault. Like their job is the baby, get the baby and mother, keep them safe. Right. And I think us as PTs, we have to be the ones that are going out and presenting it to let them know, like, no, you need this. And it really wasn't your doctors. It's not their job to do it. It's our job to get out there and educate them on why they need it more. And fortunately here in Missouri, like we still need referrals from doctors. So we still like to have that close relationship, but we also want to show them, you know, this is why this is important for your patients to keep them coming in, keep Mm -hmm. them coming back to you. They're very happy with you when you do refer them or suggest it. Mm -hmm. Like they think they're ahead of the game. Yeah. So it only makes them look even better. Yeah. I, um, I have 
through just doing this work have actually become friends with one of the local OBs and we had babies around the same time. So it, it worked out and sort of treating an OB and working with the OB and them actually going through it themselves at that time was like the most perfect relationship because they could see the benefit, they could see the value. And then they're like, oh my gosh, like everybody, like, you know, then they, they get that buy-in. Yeah. I think that's a, a great way to do it. And I love when the practices are like predominantly female obese is that most of them have had babies and they understand that it's more complicated. But what she used to always say to me was like, I feel so bad that I don't know more about the pelvic floor muscles. And I'd be like, no, no, you're a surgeon. <laughs> like you're, you, you operate on people. Like I can never do that. I have, I have no intention on doing that. You have to understand, you have so much more responsibility and liability as an OB. They have to carry like insane amount of liability insurance. But know that sometimes problems that people are having aren't necessarily organ problems or a lot of times they're muscle problems. And that's what we do. And so uh, one of the lines I always use when I'm talking to doctors is like, you know, that patient that's really annoying to you, you know, that one that keeps coming back or keeps complaining about stuff and they can't you can't figure them out. Send those ones (laughs) over here because that's what we do is like we love we love that. And to make it not so scary or so complicated and, and really support those moms that are struggling. Okay, so. We know the physical aspects, the physical recovery. um, But yeah, I definitely feel that there is this big mental aspect related to cesareans and mental processing of of cesareans. So any insights or tips on that side of things? Um, So if we know, like, for instance, one of our patients is scheduled for a cesarean, I like to let them know what to expect, like week by week by week, whether it's exercises, how the tissue might be feeling as the nerves are growing back, like what, when, um, tissue might be at its weakest. So I usually say like that three, six, nine, 12 week mark, because I know myself, like you think in your mind, like I am four weeks, you know, postpartum, I can do anything. It's I'm really far out. Um, and they might try to vacuum. Well, then they're going to be feeling that kind of discomfort. So really giving them the guidelines on what they can do mentally. I let them contact us anytime, any struggles that they're feeling because they look at Instagram or any kind of social media and see their best friend popping back within, mm-hmm. you know, a couple seconds, it feels like. And then they get frustrated when they can't get in their skinny jeans at four weeks. And you have to go through, you know, there's a lot of inflammation here and healing that's happening. Um, and just really kind of turn off social media for a while and don't worry about that. We go through when to start prepping um, scar tissue, which I'd like to do very early in the game, working just with breath work, like while they're in the hospital, getting that diaphragm to come out, getting the ribs to expand, um, going into like petting of the tissue to really help with that swelling, uh, down there. We go through supportive garments. I, um, am really big on the supportive garments. The belly binders are great in the beginning, but there comes a time and place for them. And then I really like like a lymphatic type biker shorts, Mm -hmm. um, for more support or cesarean underwear. And I think keeping in mind too, like when you've got a cesarean delivery, like, yeah, a year postpartum things might not be happening till then. Or if it's two years, that's okay too. And then they get so freaked out because they're like, I just had a baby. I finally got my body back. Like I thought I was going to be by six weeks. Mm -hmm. 
getting into something. And that's not the case with a C-section. Like things are a lot slower. If we jump too soon, you may end up with um, a prolapse. Like I did. I ended up with a bladder prolapse because I thought I'm eight weeks postpartum. I'm going to go jump the benches at the park. That was dumb after my first baby, but it was what I did because I wanted to feel like myself again and see if I could do it. My body wasn't ready because it had not been prepped correctly. And then teaching them the, usually it's that sharp abdominal discomfort that they get with Maybe it's going back to the gym and doing burpees or trying to hold a plank or mountain climbers. And they're usually questioning about that. And I like to go over scar tissue work, not just at the incisional level Mm -hmm. level. I think we see a lot of clients come in and you ask them, they've seen another pelvic floor PT. Oh yeah. They looked at my scar. It looks great. And you look at it and you're like, well, yeah, the incision looks great and it looks great at a superficial level, but muscularly and more viscerally, you've got a lot of tight restrictions happening that might be causing some of that rectal discomfort, low back pain, clitoral pain. We've got to really start to work on that tissue. And so really walking them through that as they're moving through that first year postpartum, or if we get them five years postpartum, Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we do a lot in our, my C-section groups that we've got going on too, like teaching them how to work it just more than skin mm-hmm. and incision. Yeah. Um, it, Cause it's, it's all connected. It all plays a, more, a role in things. more global approach to it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Functional movement and then teaching them how to work that tissue while they're moving mm-hmm. um, or right before intercourse. Cause it, that can be an issue with it too. It's not just our vaginal birth yeah. birthing mamas. Yeah. Um, so kind of off topic, where did you get your vulva? <laughs> our front office manager maria who is the jack of all trades she made we asked She's, for them we asked her to sew it for us at halloween last year uh, it, halloween okay yeah, and she got all like four of them done and brought them to work oh <laughs> the does she have like a pattern for this or did she make it up herself <laughs> no they're <laughs> all she, different just, the, just like uh, ours are yeah that's, that's amazing awesome. does she want to take like an make an etsy shop and it, like like she totally <laughs> should like make an etsy velvet. shop uh-huh. and she inside out to give it a different look it's amazing oh my gosh that's amazing so it opens up it's got your like labia minora and majora and (laughs) those are awesome yes that's amazing like we want to be vulvas for halloween she's like what (laughs) (laughs) just make that so the next day yeah that's amazing i've looked at like the vulva puppets that you can get online but i think the fact that you can like put it on your body is even yeah. better heavy <laughs> we can slide yeah they're actually pretty heavy <laughs> we so, have to do slips like to get them to stick on our clothes but there are so many things we've taken where we've jumped and then they just, just fall, fall off, off. <laughs> so your social media tag is at empower your pelvis i'm sure most yeah. of our listeners probably already follow you guys but who who comes up with all of your your awesome ideas is it a collaboration yeah, definitely yeah. A collaboration random thoughts and it's ideas not thought out. Like, I think people want it to be like, like, Oh, like you guys have ideas. It's usually like right before we jumped on with you guys, it's like, we got 10 minutes, let's make a reel. <laughs> and so we just start throwing out songs that we've either heard on the radio or that have popped in our head. And they're like, great. What can we do with that? And then we just throw something yeah. out really fast. Yeah. Sometimes they dwell ones that we don't think are going to do as well. Do yeah. Really. really right. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that always the case? I it's just frustrating. So when can we, out we'll be like oh this one's good and then it's like no no. i don't understand the algorithm 
So, Seriously, my my best reel is that stupid thing with your thumb and having your um husband or spouse's initial in your thumb. Have you seen that? Like, that like that, a TikTok the TikTok challenge. Stupid. Like, <laughs> it's just like so I mad. did the like wipe your butt one with Andy Dwyer, like the uh you wipe and you wipe and you wipe. And it's like all of a sudden it's just like ridiculous and it took like two seconds i was like why would i plan any of these like why would i think about these <laughs> i so feel like we see a lot of like if you include your significant other or travis mm. kelsey or we use our blow up doll. Doll. people love that <laughs> his name's travis the blow yeah. doll. okay so travis kelsey is a kansas city chiefs football player oh okay okay <laughs> and so his face ended up on our blow up doll at the super bowl time <laughs> we did a super bowl video with him in uh-huh. it, like him just kind of hiding in the background and it's just been on there since February. Yeah. So it's Travis. That's Travis. amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so Trav. We're waiting for him to like notice it on social. Yeah, we tag him oh. all the time. Well, he he could do an appearance on your hump day. I so. would love that. Yes. Or he's just freaked out by us. I know. <laughs> like, like, Why is my head like, on a board? Yeah, I'm definitely not reaching out to these girls. I might report them, but <laughs> as you're putting like the oh nuts on. Like... Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Oh my gosh. Patrick Mahomes is our quarterback and his fiance just had their baby right after the season. And so for the longest time, we were trying to like get their attention. Like, Hey, you're going to need, like, have you looked at public floor physical therapy? Do you need help? And it was like, nothing. So we're like, well, we're putting Travis, Travis. Kelsey on <laughs> the floor. I'll show you. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's really funny. Um, I think a lot of people assume have like this sort of false assumption that I had a cesarean birth. That means my bits are protected. I hear that a lot. Like, oh, I, I didn't push a baby out. So my vagina is good to go. But I know a lot of my clients are surprised that, yeah, sex is really painful after cesarean birth. So what would you say to that mom that thinks like, yeah, like approaching sex after cesarean, what would be kind of your stance on that? I feel like most of the patients that come into our clinic, to your point, feel that way. And then just breaking it down for them, if they have already had, you know, there's a really big spectrum of people in general. So mm-hmm. I have some that are like, oh yeah, I was released. I tried the first night and others like, oh, I don't think we're like even close to start. So meeting them there first. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then kind of explaining to them, you know, how, how this is your core and your pelvic floor or besties and why this could potentially cause an issue in the bedroom and checking their hips out. Honestly, I think people get a buy-in too, when you show them not just the restriction of the C-section incision, or we do an exam and they may have some trigger points, but when you show show them like, let me see your squat. I'm going to video it, look at it. And they're like, Ooh, I didn't look like that before. Like, why is my back doing that? Or can you stand on one leg and does it pull at your incision? I mean, just Mm -hmm. functional things resonate with people 10 times better than like all these weird things that they aren't really sure they're coming in for. And then they're like, Oh my God, I just was like told all these things. Right. And so then I think even though it seems far away from sex, it, I feel like that's how I get to my patients and be like, see how all these little things that shouldn't be, you know, an issue are potentially an issue. And so how that can trickle down and affect your daily movement, sex, pee and pooping, all those things. Mm-hmm. I like to go over like all the stuff too, that was involved with the cesarean, like all the different layers, how your uterus has ligaments that connect to the back, to the sacral area and up to the front with the round ligament 
and how the nerves that supply that area can really be affected too by the different change in scar tissue mobility and or lack of. And then, you know, as the subcutaneous nerves are cutting and regrowing, that can cause different sensations too. And then I like to let them talk about their birth story because again, just from personal experience and seeing what we've seen in patients, the more traumatic the cesarean seems to be to that individual, or maybe like I had a forceps for one of my C-sections. That was a lot of yanking and pulling and a lot of pushing of four different doctors and nurses to get a baby out that it didn't register at the time. But like, I was highly hypersensitive to my tissue down there. I didn't want to be touched. So the minute my husband just even fully clothed, put his hand on my leg, like I just out of nowhere slapped him, (laughs) but that was like a constant thing that kept reoccurring. We've got to calm down the nervous system that supplies this area too. There's so much more involved with a cesarean delivery than I think we ever gave it credit for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think birth doesn't have to be inherently traumatic, but it is (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. regardless of the the mode and uh, particularly in a c-section when yeah that that wasn't even registered as part of the plan or as a possibility and so preparing like you guys do like preparing people as you know this is an option this is what's going to happen this is what's to anticipate so that it's not so scary it's not so traumatizing but yeah all that stuff is so so important yeah most of my clients are um athletes and it's amazing when we're trying to do like core work and they're like I just don't feel my abs I don't feel my abs I don't feel them I don't feel and and then we start to talk about their delivery and Mm. so many of them that had a c-section it was unexpected and and they're just like completely like oh yeah I don't like to touch it I don't want to look at it yeah and I'm like okay but how are you going to control a piece of you that you are completely unaware of? Like you can't mm-hmm. engage your abs if like you're kind of disowning them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's so important to just, and I tell people to just look at your scar, like before yeah. it's healed, like, you know, in those very early weeks, just look at it, just put a hand on it, like no rubbing, just like start connecting with it. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing just how that like visceral, like, Oh, like reaction in some of them. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, that's why you can't feel your and abs. To, and to feel that way about your own, to feel that way about your own body. Yeah. Um, yes. ha- yeah. It's has- so sad. Cause we, we spend so much of our, like any of our online programs that we do, um, whether it's cesarean or any of our postpartum, even pregnancy, like when you can hear them say like, Oh, it just, it looks so gross. Or I, f- I look gross. I feel gross that all that negativity, we stop them right there. I'm like, Mm-mm. cause water and your body, it's going to create that whole type of mo- motion that we're not wanting. Mm-hmm. We want this whole positive outlook. So tissue can heal properly. So we're constantly like, no, cause they'll always come in like, Oh, it's just gross. You're messing with my extra skin. I'm like, no, no, no. This is beautiful. You grew a human in 40 weeks plus or less, but whatever it was, you grew a human. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And so they have to start positive affirmations. Like that's part of their home exercise program. If yeah. it feels gross to touch the incision, we move up until they don't feel gross. And then I, they have to go through like lots of thank you body for, you know, doing this for me. Anytime that they have that negative thought come in, they know to stop it, switch it around, change the narrative because we're not part of our whole rehab here is not going to be you feeling so badly about yourself. Like Mm -hmm. it's got to change in the brain. The brain's the biggest 
organ for all of this. So if we can help that function correctly, it'll help heal the body so much better too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How important our, our words are and how we speak to ourselves. And I, you, I see this meme, or not meme, I don't know, thing occasionally that's like, you know, houseplants grow better when you speak kindly to them, you know? So what, you know, what kind of impact can that have on, on a human that can actually like understand and process, <laughs> uh, what's being said? That's a, that's, I forgot all about that study because our kids, I forgot we had read that to our kids and now all of our plants in our house are like Bob and Tom with the all have all talk to them. Right. So you have three, you have three boys, correct? Three boys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Seven, and, five, and three. Yes. And so, yes. How is, yeah. Tell us about navigating motherhood and entrepreneurship and a pandemic, like uh, share <laughs> some wisdom with us because we want, we need it. <laughs> I I don't have anything well, like good with that. I don't know that I've got lots of words. Yeah. It's juggling there, for me. It was not, it's not a balance. It's just juggling. Like what are we juggling right now? How do we make it happen? I think we just had this talk yesterday. Uh, there's lots of tears sometimes and that's okay. Like to cry and get it out. I, I'm not doing it as well as I could be because now I'm struggling with that on my own side with hormonal stuff and my cortisol being extremely high. So I'm learning how to let go of some of the balls and delegate because when you are a parent, when you're a mom, I'm going to go with the mom side here on this one for a second. And you're working at an office as soon as you leave, you're still on as soon as those kids get picked up. And it's almost like one on three patients, you know, how you're like, do this exercise, do this exercise, do this exercise. But it's like, I want to water. He touched me. Um, come on. Can you, you know, I don't know, get me a snack, all the snacks. Um, so you're constantly on all the time. And I'm learning that it, I have to have downtime to shut down. Um, I'm going to need a lunch. I'm going to need to step outside for five or 10 minutes to get some vitamin D and just have quiet time. Um, We're learning that we can't be on our screens for lunch anymore, that we kind of have to step away from that because we're on them all day, which is why like some of our reels even get filmed in between just patients if they're not always at a set time. But yeah, I don't have any good wisdom. I'm still learning with the whole parenthood and motherhood. Yeah, Pandemic was unfortunately a lot of wine. (laughs) It was yes. <laughs> we normally have wine with us. We have no wine today. Normally we're. I helped uh, the wine people. I helped all the grapes. <laughs> Actually, I remember way back. Maybe it was during the pandemic. You had the like wine that was like sulfate. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Scout, and Scout and Cellar. Scout and Cellar. Scout and Cellar. Okay, we will need to get some of that. <laughs> I'll send you the link. All right. Yeah. Give us a, give us a link. Yeah. Give us no a code. sugar added. It's Ooh. good stuff. Yeah. We yeah. are, uh, we're actually getting ready to drive on vacation here in a couple of weeks. And now that we're driving, I'm like, oh, shoot, you can just pile up the car. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I don't have to fly it in. It can just. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, it's good wine. yeah. I know your husband makes appearances on social media and your families make appearances on social media. What are their their opinions how do they feel all about that you want to talk about mike first <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> he, 
Well, my husband's like, well, actually Brett too off the grid. And they, it's like, mine is proud of that. Like, he's like, I don't need that stuff. Like, I don't know. My husband doesn't have social media. Yeah. And so, but then my husband will pop on every now and then like, he's like, well, I kind of want to see what you guys are doing. And he's like, he's so desensitized to it at this point. Like it used to be, oh my God, like, I can't believe you guys are saying that or, or doing that. And now he's like, Hey, that was a good one. (laughs) Like, Like, thanks. (laughs) it's like constantly like I could never say that at the office I'm like yeah we have different jobs yeah 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 for sure we're trying to get people's attention here but he's yeah my husband's a goofball um they both are yeah they're good sports about it um I think it was just that was the brand we kind of wanted to portray with our business was that, you know, this is our job during the day, but we're still humans um, outside of the business. And this is what we're dealing with, just like everyone else. There were a couple of videos this week because my husband hurt his back shooting. We have a basketball hoop in our backyard. We were playing knockout for maybe an hour and a half one night. Well, he hurt his back. I'm like, oh man, you are just, we're not the same that we used to be. (laughs) I was filming him. And for some reason that night, he did not want to be filmed. He was so against No paparazzi. No. He was like, are you kidding me? I had to delete the video because he was like, do you talk to your patients like this? And I was like, no, I don't, but you're being ornery. And that's what I think is so funny because he's just... They're funny. They're I think, really funny yeah, it's it. important to, I mean, my parents all growing up, which I didn't know this was going to be such an important piece of a relationship being a kid, but my parents always talked about their work, which not, and that actually sounds negative. Like they didn't come home and talk about work all the time, but they have problem solved together. Like I'm really having a hard time with my boss right now. And they were both in sales and still are. So they had different jobs, but It was really cool to see them support each other. And I didn't know that that wasn't normal. And now like being married and my, you know, in-laws didn't have that same, you know, connection. And a lot of people don't, I feel like we really are open with our spouses. Like Mike helps me when I'm having a hard day. And I think that that's important. Yeah. I feel like that's so important to like be able to share and decompress and, and support each other. It's you spend more time at work than you do with them. Yeah. Like our kids are learning anatomy. Oh yeah. Cause I know, gosh, over the pandemic, one of them had to rhyme a word with lit. And of course my son's the kid that was like, lit. And then the teacher, I'm on a Zoom call and we both turn around like, what did he say? And she goes, I'm sorry, uh, Jackson, can you say that again? What rhymes with lit? Lit. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy. And my husband just got big old bug eyes. I'm like, well, I'll learn it at some point. You should and be they, proud of that. Yeah. Act weird about it. He's going to be all, yeah. you know, they all know it's a pelvic floor. They know the pelvis. It's just normal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, mom, you forgot the pelvis. Mom, you forgot this. Mom, the hip bone. Like, uh-huh. it's normal. One of my favorite memories of my oldest, he was like three, I think. Yeah, he was about three. And he was like in his bunk bed with his feet up the wall, doing kind of like a bridge-like movement. And my husband's like, what are you doing? And he's like, Kegels. (laughs) 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 Like this is before I was like fully in pelvic floor stuff. And I'm like, how do you even know about Kegels? (laughs) So they definitely listened. Yeah. Yeah. One of my son's favorite toys for a little while was I had just gotten like a set of intimate rose dilators to use as like uh, models at work. And there was the the yellow one. He just like became obsessed with the yellow dilator and took it everywhere. And I was like, 
well, and when I asked him what it was, he knew it was a dilator and what is it for, for helping people. And I was like, all right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well done, yeah. I think the nature of our work and the nature of pelvic health and cesareans, and we're dealing patients who have maybe chronic pain or dealt with trauma. And yeah, it's a deeply sort of emotional work. And so being able to have that decompression time and not take on other people's things is I think a constant challenge that we, that we all face and all physical therapists probably face, but I think particularly in pelvic health is hard. And so I think for Addie and I, we've been so lucky to have each other. We can yeah joke with each other and like, yeah, like troubleshoot together. And it's cool that you guys get to do that. And, And you, now you have five, five PTs. That's, that's even, even better. And yeah, that's, that's so, so cool. Really, really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any other questions, Addie? I think, no, I'm excited about this one. Yeah. The C-section, thank I think. You, yeah. Thank you so, so it. much for talking with us. Awesome. Um, Thanks for having us. Give us both your handles. So Morgan, your handle is what? My name, Morgan Clark, DPT. Okay. And then at empower your pelvis. So we will empower definitely. Empower dot your or, dot. Or, okay. Pelvis. And we will have that in the show notes. We'll put all that in the show notes. And then we will also link to your, yeah, like your cesarean, some of your online programs. So I think a big, a big thing that a lot of, uh, listeners and followers have is if they live in areas where they can't access uh, pelvic floor PT directly, or it's a pandemic and I've got all my kids and really getting out to the clinic or is a challenge. And even now that things are calming down, we've realized like how convenient it is to learn from home and so we will we will definitely link all of your your stuff on there because yeah we love what you guys what what you guys do thank you thank you yeah have a safe trip on your traveling yes enjoy many yes yeah my sister lives there also so uh it'll be fun it'll be a fun couple couple years and uh, yeah I would be happy to help convert your sister or <laughs> you. I'll be up there Labor Day weekend. So oh, nice. yeah. I, I don't know if we might cross paths or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well again, thank you so thank nice much. to meet you guys. Thank and you guys. we will yeah we will keep keep in touch. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye, Bye. Weekend. You too. communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast, as well as our email account, which is Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead.